0: You're listening to On The Road, a podcast powered by Otto Kahn. Welcome to On The Road. I'm Richard.
1: And my name's Ish.
0: So welcome to another episode of On The Road. Uh, Last week we had the pleasure of Chris and Brian joining us for an important discussion on accidents and safety. This week I'm delighted to announce we have Mariusz Zabrowski. With us, who's Captain's London General Manager. As you may know, Captain recently started operating in London, so we're very excited to get to know them and hear what they're all about. Mariusz, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Yeah, it's great to be here.
0: Thank you. Uh, I know you have a busy schedule, so we really appreciate you coming onto the pod. And would you like to explain a little bit about yourselves to our listeners? Uh,
2: Sure. Uh, So uh, regarding Captain, uh, we we launched uh, quite recently, a month ago. Uh, but London is not our first market, so we are originally from Paris, where we mm. operated for uh, for quite some time, and we are strong number two. The same in other cities in in France and also in Portugal, in uh, Lisbon and Porto, and mm. we are also present in uh, Switzerland. Okay, cool,
1: awesome, awesome. So, why, why was Captain kind of originally created?
2: So, uh, Captain started as chauffeur privé, which is which means private chauffeur, and uh, it was uh, focused on more luxurious cars and uh, all the drivers were wearing red, red uh, ties and, uh, and suits. But then, you know, af- after a couple of years, we realized that the market is much bigger uh, than just uh, luxury cars, uh, than car- corporate customers. Mm-hmm. So we decided to uh, create a brand which is way more accessible. Okay. Uh, you know, Captain for me means safety, but fun at the same time. So we wanted to create a a brand which is more humane, closer to people and, uh, and at the same time quite affordable.
1: Right. So drivers don't need red ties or suits not anymore. anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> and I guess the name's also
0: easier to, to pronounce, right? Because everyone's French isn't great. Yeah. I think I got a GCSE C in my in my French, so yeah. pronouncing it with the right accent might be a bit difficult. So Captain sounds much more. Of like
1: a yeah, it's
2: way more brand. way more international. In in every market, it sounds good. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. I mean, so obviously as well, we've seen a lot kind of, of the billboards. You guys have obviously done a lot of advertising here, but we're kind of curious to know kind of how has the journey been so far for you guys in London.
2: Uh, It was amazing. Actually, we exceeded all the expectations. So uh, uh, it took us some time to get the license uh, because it's quite a difficult process. Uh, As probably, you know, TFL is quite rigorous, not only uh, in terms of how they approve drivers, but also in terms of uh, operators. And uh, it took us around eight months to get the license. But there are some other players um, who needed more than two years, uh, maybe without mentioning. But, no name, uh, no <laughs> but we can kind of work it out. Yeah, I think okay. everyone kind of so, knows. Yeah. So the, so the start. I mean, but I actually really appreciate uh, TFL's work because it means that customer customers can feel safe because only uh, operators that are professional and they have good technology and uh, proper customer service can actually operate. And on the other side, yeah, all the drivers are um, you know passing the test. They they are verified. Um, they go through DPS checks, so actually you can feel mm-hmm. comfortable. Like contrary to some other markets where actually driver, private hire drivers do not need any any certificates or, or licenses. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, we got the license uh, and uh, we started our beta testing, which, which we complete within three and a half working days, which was quite crazy when you think about it, because most of the companies, when they test their product, it would take a couple of months. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but we really wanted to, to launch because London is, you know, the biggest market in Europe and one of the biggest in the world.
0: Is that why maybe you chose London over, let's say, Birmingham, which has a big population, or Manchester? Or it's just like, you know, let's, let's yeah. focus on London now and see what happens. And yeah, I mean, London
2: or... is huge, it's several times bigger than any city in the UK. Yeah. Actually, it's twice bigger than any other city in, uh, in Europe in terms of ride hailing. So mm-hmm. Paris is number two, but it's in terms of market size, it's half, half of London. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Lon- London was no-brainer for us and um so we decided to really be aggressive in terms of testing so we thought okay let's let's complete it as soon as possible and then we we launched uh we had we really invested most of the marketing spend in uh, into offer great offer for both drivers and customers so we did actually we had only two ads in the newspaper during the first and one billboard for 1 hour during the first 11 days so all the money went to 50% off to customers and and generous bonuses to drivers up to twenty pounds per per ride, and uh, yeah, and within within eleven days uh, during the period of initial offer, one hundred eighty thousand people claimed the the offer, wow. which is wow. insane. This is it was that was so much
0: above anything we we expected. Do, do you know where the first the very first offer was used, or who it was, and you know, is that the kind of the birthplace of where it all began? You know, like
2: <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, yeah, so I mean, yeah, so we had the promo code, which was, you know, 50% off all rides, So mm. it was very attractive. Yeah, so, of course. Uh, I used
0: it myself, guilty, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it got me from A to B. Yeah, uh, and the, I mean, price. the same for
2: drivers. I mean, uh, you know, getting up to £20 additional bonus and no commission uh, mm-hmm. initially, that was, was pretty crazy. So both for drivers and customers, it was a, an obvious choice to try. Mm-hmm. And uh, so drivers initially were skeptical because there were some other players in the past who got the license and they weren't very successful, and others who didn't even get the license for for uh, quite a long time. Mm-hmm. But as soon as we got the license, and we had uh, you know h- hundreds of thousands of rides. All drivers wanted to so, come, yeah. so we l- literally had a zombie a- apocalypse in, <laughs> in the ho- in our onboarding centers. <laughs> we had thousands of drivers coming, so we had to uh, limit the bookings. Uh, actually, introduce bookings. It, it was quite quite difficult. Because, you know, we really wanted to onboard everyone, but at the same time, it was impossible. So
0: mm-hmm. is it a bit of like a, a, a chicken and egg situation? Because you, you want the riders, but to get the riders, you know, when they book and they want something so quick these days, you know, two, three minute waiting times, so you need the drivers. But to get the drivers, they want to know that there's going to be enough riders available. So mm-hmm. is it about kind of balancing, is it, is it a balancing act?
2: Uh, it's totally a balancing act. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you have to, both sides uh, of the market have to grow in a like with a similar speed so uh, i mean if you get too many too many customers they will have very long waiting times. no one wants
0: that on a friday night yeah
2: and if you have too many drivers they simply won't earn enough money so i mean you have to balance uh,
0: balance both is there someone who's particularly in charge of that within your company whose job it is to just make sure this you know it's maintained because the balance of the company could depend on you know drivers uh, sorry riders for example switch into other apps if, if if the times are too long to wait for a vehicle so i mean we it's have, quite a critical role right
2: yeah i mean we so we have a team called the expansion team which uh launches uh all the new cities and and this is the let's say their, their focus uh, at the beginning but uh, overall we have a marketing team which focuses on the customers and operations which focuses on the drivers and they um, they work together very closely, and uh, cool. we want to make sure, okay, if we see that there's a imbalance on a, on one of the sides, then we modify the incentives, uh, the bonuses the or the promotions so that, I mean, one doesn't grow faster than the mm-hmm. other. Yeah. That makes sense, totally.
1: And I, I mean, it kind of sounds like you guys have been smashing that since you entered the market. Um, what I'm interested in, because obviously you kind of touched upon it, you mentioned that the bonuses were kind of a big impetus and bringing <laughs> so many people onto the app. So how do you see that kind of sustaining and how do you see kind of drivers and riders in the long term still being attracted to come and use the, the Captain app? Uh,
2: so our, our goal is uh, for the drivers to earn the best money with Captain. And obviously at the beginning, uh, it's not possible only with the first, but uh, we believe that uh, when we reach sufficient scale, mm. that we won't need that much bonus anymore. Uh, we already scaled down the bonuses quite a lot from the uh, in comparison to the, to the launch, because we see that okay drivers are already earning way more than than with Uber, uh, even with uh, scaled down bonuses. So, but still, uh, we want to keep the like the best, uh, let's say the best payments in uh, on the market for the drivers. And on the customer side, uh, we, um, we want to keep the best uh, the best possible price for the customer. I mean, obviously, it's in the co- both things are. Uh, actually on the like uh, in in co- in the context it's a hard balance I it's a hard balance but uh but we decided to uh have um prices similar to Uber but without charging customers for the congestion charge and uh and uh, the cleaner fee uh which means that on average we are around 20% per- cheaper from the perspective of customer if they have a ride in the congestion zone but for the driver the the earning, the earnings are the same
1: Okay, so you're covering the congestion charges and yes,
2: that so we decided to to cover it. So our competitors, um, they uh, actually our competitors des- decided uh, that customers should pay for it. So uh, for example, in Uber, you have one pound fee uh, for uh, yeah, right. in every ride, and also you have additional uh, fee per mile for for the cleaner fee. Mm. So we decided, okay, that's our responsibility as an operator. Um, to ensure that the dri- drivers can cover this cost and uh, yeah so because i mean the when you have an electric car or a plug-in hybrid you actually you don't have to pay congestion charge but this yeah, is
0: very small part of the market and, and that's, only t- that's only until 2021 i believe yeah, late yes. o- october or november or december uh 2021 for the, for the plug-in mm. and fully electric is yeah. until late 2025. so yeah. that's i mean the a, but the thing is drivers
2: didn't get enough time I mean, mm. so the those changes were introduced so quickly and actually many, many drivers realized just a couple of months before mm. and, uh, you know, buying a car is a huge investment. Yeah. So uh, we decided to cover the, the cost of congestion charge for 2019 so the drivers can actually have more time to, to save money
0: to, to buy an electric car. That's fair enough. And talking about electric, is, there, is that in your kind of strategy going forward for Captain? Obviously, you know, Uber have got their own thing with the clean air plan. Do you guys have something either similar or... There or thereabouts for for um, for your drivers to kind of push them or incentivize them into electric vehicles because that's the kind of main goal I think of Sadiq Khan going forward. Uh, yes, you know, totally,
2: totally. Electric. This is part of our strategy as well. So we have uh, bonuses also for electric cars. Okay, so that's cool. so if you have an electric car or a plug-in hybrid, you you still earn more than if you have a uh, uh, other type of car. So uh, yeah, it's also our goal to um, to make sure that as many drivers and as quick as possible they uh, switch to uh, electric cars
1: awesome, Mm. So, I mean, it sounds like basically from the driver's perspective, the thing that they can be kind of expecting is kind of higher earnings. But is there kind of anything else outside of that that you think Captain offers them?
2: Yes, so uh, we want to be more personal with the drivers. Uh, Actually, before we launched, we talked to thousands of drivers um we uh we were taking rides with our competitors we were uh, inviting drivers to our or mo- mooring center and uh and that's how we learned what they actually care about and one of the actually the most important thing for them was congestion charge at that point because that that was the biggest pain when uh, from what we heard from the drivers but we also found out many other things And uh, so we prepared an an offer, which was uh, a response to what we heard from the from the drivers Um, and we continue doing this. So we have an onboarding center where everyone can come and they can discuss uh, issues they have. Uh, We really believe that the future of our platform depends on the drivers. Uh, Mm. So we really want to put them in the center of of our operations.
1: And one thing I noticed as well, because I've been using Captain um, the app for a while. Um, you have this kind of loyalty scheme going on for riders, yes. at least. So there's kind of red, gold, silver, and platinum. Yeah, I'm right? really going red. I'm still not. I'm still not there. <laughs> I to get myself higher. <laughs> <laughs> Take some more um, rides, I believe. So I was just curious to know, firstly, if you're doing and applying a similar thing towards drivers, um, and secondly, what that kind of gets you being in, in those different loyalty brackets. Let's say.
2: So we don't have it yet for drivers. We we are thinking about it. Uh, uh, I mean, we so we have something which is not called loyalty uh, program, but you know, depending on how many rides per per day with you do with us, you get higher and higher bonuses. So, uh, so yeah, it's not called loyalty program, but we actually uh, give bonus uh, much higher bonuses when you have uh, more rides with us. Um, and on the customer side, so at the moment this is just the start. So you get free rides. You you get better prices during uh, search time uh, but in the what we actually are going to introduce pretty soon is offers from our partners so now we are we have a lot of interesting partners in the in the food space in the uh, entertainment space event space uh, we I cannot talk about specific names yet but we are already in very advanced talks with some really big players who also have similar values to us so they are Socially responsible, they are. Uh, they care about their customers. So, so we're looking for the brands which are similar to us. And soon, in the in our uh, loyalty program, you will see offers from our partners.
0: Yeah, yeah like maybe like a. F- f- no, a free coffee or something like that like uh, a free coffee like a like,
2: uh, you know, no names uh, mentioned <laughs> first meal for free from a food delivery company okay, like uh, cool. a discounted ticket to a concert
1: cool, uh, cool. Well, I mean could you guys because obviously with this loyalty scheme thing it's also very interesting from the rider perspective could you ever see your guys moving into a sort of subscription model of some kind um,
2: so uh, now we are focusing on uh, private rides in uh, in our let's say initial uh, during initial period in London, but we're going to offer way more things in the future. So uh, in Q4, we are going to offer different classes of cars. We are yeah. going to introduce uh, other new features. Um,
1: yeah, because for, for yeah. people that haven't used the app, it's really simple at the moment, you know, you, you go on. I think it's powered by Google Maps as well at the moment, right? Yeah, so we use Google
2: Maps <laughs> but uh, our drivers use Waze, so okay, uh, like, yeah. like all private hire drivers yeah. in London. And so. currently
1: there's only one setting as well, so you just put in plug in the destination and then it goes there. Um, and obviously, that's kind of different from like we've seen. My whip enter the market; they had about seven different yeah, variations. Maybe more, like, like, <laughs> the,
0: like the ladies' one as well. They yeah, have uh, my um, Pink. Oh, there's so many. There's so many. Yeah, yeah but that's maybe why too much. Choice, maybe I'm, too much.
2: I mean, that's why we we don't consider My Whip a c- serious competitor, uh, frankly, because I think they started too many things. Uh, they didn't develop them that much. I mean, the most important thing is to nail, uh, you know, uh, reliability of your service. Mm that, you know, customer orders the car and they get it within a reasonable time. This is the first thing that you need to nail in one in one class of cars. Mm-hmm. they like they're the most basic one that uh, 90% of customers actually use. Of course, you get you, everyone talks about executive Excel and other mm. classes, but actually
0: mm. 90% of people just, you know, they care about that. So there's no chance of us yeah. seeing some uh, captain supercars coming on the road anytime mm. soon. No <laughs> gold supercars no. anytime soon. I'm yet to see one. I'm <laughs> um, yet to get picked up in one, you know. No, I don't know. Yeah. I've not got one yet. But so what, let's, but, but let's, what about like...
1: Um, some of the more specific ones, like MyPink yeah. um, or even UberPool. Mm. Could you see your guys yeah. m- um, ride, yeah, that bro- kind of space? Bro- you
0: mean ride-sharing, is, yeah. is that kind of like pulling up?
2: So ride-sharing, so this is not, uh, let's say, what we offer. Uh, we know that in London, actually, people are very happy with public transport. So ride-sharing is not as popular as it is in other cities with much worse public transport. You know, actually, we did research in all cities where we operate. And uh, public transport in London is like the, the most popular mm. among all the cities where we operate. So, when you, you know, if you have a pool service, basically you compete against public transport. Mm. So I think the uh, uh, yeah. sorry, just
1: to p- pick up on that because we were obviously speaking with Viavan um two weeks ago and she had mentioned that she felt that the vision for London going forward in about two years was going to be this ride sharing concept. Um, and obviously, Viavan as well, our um partial investors are, are Daimler as well, who yes. also invest in, in Captain. So, so in so,
2: our case, we are part of Daimler and BMW mobility services, right, so yeah. we are. Uh, pretty much fully owned by those two great yeah. uh, uh, car companies.
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just curious to know how that because obviously it seems like you guys both have kind of a different philosophy yes. then on that.
2: I think there's a room for different philosophies, and uh, also within Daimler and BMW Mobility Services, we have different mobility services. So we have, uh, so Captain is private hire, but uh, obviously there's uh, there's Drive Now, which is uh, car sharing. Uh, there's. Uh, in other countries, which we have uh, reached now or Movil, which is an app where you can actually book public transport and uh, and also uh, the means of transport. So I think the future is actually combining all of those things in one app. And I think different players are, you know, having the same, uh, let's say, strategy. Uh, Uber is starting from a different point. We are starting from a different point. But uh, but I think in the end, what people will want is, OK, I want to go from uh, from door to door mm-hmm. Like within one app, without I don't know booking a t- train ticket somewhere else. I don't know booking
0: like doesn't taxi doesn't CarHoo do something like that? You know, you know about CarHoo? Yeah, they kind of recently kind of rebranded and started to kind of almost started again after their failed attempt the first time round. And it is it's kind of what you mentioned whereby you know it's one seamless experience. Let's say from uh, catching the public transport to the Eurostar, then the Eurostar to Paris, and then Paris to you know in, in a cab to the to the final destination. It kind of I think kind of links up all of the different transport points and overall. So maybe that's I'm not sure if you know about that. I mean, th-
2: this is a really huge, actually, project. You know, when you think about it, this, is something that will take many years mm. uh, of investment from different companies within our group, and uh, I think only the biggest players um, can can handle it. I don't think that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I. There are a couple of companies which, which can do it. I don't think Carhu is one of them, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but yeah, there are other players apart from us who are approaching that, let's say, that vision. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the, the all in one package, really, yeah. isn't it? That's yeah. what it's about.
0: mean, going back to your point, sorry, about the subscription. I guess, uh, you know, riders can be fickle, right? You know, we go on, let's say, one app, it's a, bit more, it's a bit expensive, let's say, and it's a bit of a longer waiting time. We'll then quickly switch to that other app, you know, mm-hmm. after a night out in wherever. I keep on mentioning Shoreditch. <laughs> I'm not some kind of like person who just every Friday night goes to Shoreditch, but I'm just using that <laughs> as an example. So we'll keep on switching between the apps to find the one that maybe comes the quickest or, or is slightly cheaper. Maybe uh, is a subscription scheme something that you might look at in the future because if you're kind of tied down and let's say you pay £100 a month, you forget about even having a car because your car is... Captain, which I guess might be the ultimate goal of you guys in the future, to just get rid of car car ownership altogether, and stop the churn. Yeah, and and you you stop the churn, you 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 have have people kind of sticky to you because they're with you the whole time, and they have no choice now to get a a captain because they're paying that hundred pound a month. Right? Is that something that's in the pipeline, or is something you guys have thought about going forward? So, uh,
2: what? what, uh, So, loyalty program is serving that purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, so actually, we. So at the moment we just started, but uh, there will be loads of different benefits. And mm. when you think about it, you know, it's like with airlines, you know, many people just use the same airline all the mm. time. Uh, okay. Sometimes it's cheaper, sometimes it's more expensive, but in the end um, they will get free flights. They will get upgraded. Sure. Mm. So, uh, I, I think loyalty program will serve that purpose. Mm. Fair enough. Okay, that's cool.
1: So, I mean, just, are you able to kind of give us a sneak preview of how the kind of app Um, might be developed going forward just for people that kind of are using it at the moment and curious to know what kind of changes they might see um, Even from the driver's side.
2: I mean, especially on the driver's side. We actually uh, Change a lot. We develop uh, a lot of features Uh, So we launched destination mode uh, Last week, so many drivers were asking for it Uh, they wanted to like go home to some other area at the end of their shift, let's say and yeah, and we decided so we decided to accelerate launch uh, of that of that feature. Uh, there will be pre bookings, uh, but that's quite a complex project as well. But we will introduce uh, advanced pre bookings, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so
1: how how advanced are you thinking? Like, up like... to
2: thirty days. Okay.
1: Well.
2: Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah. So there are, ma- there are many f- yeah different classes of cars. Improved loyalty loyalty scheme. Um, improving the precision of pickup points. I mean, actually, there's so this, this is such a complex app. You know, when you think about it, you know, sometimes when you uh, when you um, read commentators, you know, saying, "Oh, it's just a taxi uh, service, glorified taxi service with an app." I mean, people who comment, comment this like this, they don't realize how complex this business is, how complex are algorithms that match Mm -hmm. drivers and customers that, you know, set the price, actually, this is really very complex business Mm -hmm. and um, yeah, but some people don't appreciate it. And I mean, Mm -hmm. and sometimes they enter the market as well (laughs) (laughs) with their ideas. They think it's actually easy to launch this kind of business. And that's why there are so many failures in this industry. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but uh, but in, in terms of Captain, we have really great technology, and uh, we also invest a lot in improving it continuously. Also in, um, in cooperation with other brands from from our group.
1: Well, actually yeah, and I, I just wanted to pick up on one element of the technology because I'd seen actually from an email that you guys sent, and I was going to Google what you meant, but I thought it might be a great opportunity just to ask you about it. You had mentioned um, the certain loyalty, um, for people who reach a certain loyalty um, level, let's say, that you offer kind of surge-free um, pricing. Um, so I was just curious to know how the kind of surge pricing is working at the moment with Captain and what that surge-free um, timings are.
2: So, uh, so we, yeah, we have dynamic pricing uh, to make sure that we can uh, you know, provide the service at all times uh because of of course there are situations like rush hours rainy rush hours especially where uh, so many people want want to order cars at the same time and you know either you have a choice between not offering at all or or having very long uh ETAs uh waiting times for the for the customers so it that's when you actually increase the prices a bit so that the customers can actually get the service they want um yeah so yeah so it depends on the supply depends on the on the demand on the weather conditions on the time of the day um and uh, it's obviously different in different parts of of the city so um so it's very important actually for the balancing between the supply and demand and uh, the protection is uh, that's something that we offer to our platinum and and gold customers so it's not a complete protection but you you get less let's say um the
0: prices are more stable when you when you are at, at those loyalty levels okay i guess there must be very obvious peaks and demands you know peaks and troughs you know like the friday nights the saturday nights is when all the drivers need to kind of come out yeah maybe it's a bit more quiet on let's say a tuesday or a monday afternoon is, is that the, do, you, do you guys have seen a, have you have you seen like a, a pattern so far uh in, in in this over the last few weeks since you started
2: yeah i mean the pattern is quite clear and i don't think it's it's different for any other app mm-hmm. so uh there's a morning rush hour from mm. six to ten. Um, on Mondays, actually, starts much earlier because a lot of uh, business people are going to uh, to the airport, uh, okay. so or to the train station.
0: Is it always Heathrow? Is it Stansted? Is uh, it yeah, a I mixture? Mean, you know? Heathrow is obviously the
2: biggest, so that's that's uh, that's the most popular one. But also train station. So actually, you see the rush hour starts earlier than six a.m. Mm, okay. And uh, and the evening r- rush hour. Um, so every day, like from four to eight p.m. So, that, I mean, if you are a driver, obviously, that's the time that you should target. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, on, fr- but on Friday, this rush hour is actually very long. It starts earlier than four, like probably around two or three. Already people start mm-hmm. leaving work and it continues until, you know, 4 a.m., you mm-hmm. know, because people party and uh, actually Friday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, and Saturday night, obviously, as yeah.
1: well. Well, and actually an, another thing that... Um, I feel there's a big kind of difference for drivers and one thing when I've talked to drivers they've mentioned a lot about is is the decision to use flat rates. So I'm just curious to know kind of what went behind that decision and why you guys have gone that that direction with it.
2: So it's a it's a key value proposition for the customers um because there's so uh, little pro- predictability with uh, with our competitors. So I mean you have those brackets but actually you often pay above the bracket above the brackets because you know because of the traffic or other issues and you know you thought you would pay 20 pounds but you end up paying 35 uh it, it's a really big source of complaints and people are not happy about it so we decided okay let's have a an, an average let's say a predicted price a fixed price that the customer okay before they order a car they actually know exactly how much they will pay and this is this is our key value proposition, and people love it. Of course, on the driver side, uh, you know, there's uh, the you can say that it's okay. This is advantages for the customers, but not so much for the drivers. But when you're a driver and you have several rides, then on average, you you will get the same because you have uh, hundreds of rides uh, every month. So um, yeah, so that so I think it's much better proposition for the customer, and not so uh, not so much different for for the driver because in the end they still earn uh better
0: than with our competitors yeah and that's i guess i guess that's part of what it's all about for the drivers isn't it they want they want to earn, make, make a good living yeah and if they can, do that, if can if they can kind of do that with with one app and one company rather than kind of flicking between multiple apps that's that's better for them right yeah absolutely do you guys foresee any kind of any big changes in the industry over the next few years because obviously private hire has changed so much and so rapidly you know it's almost hard to keep up you've got yeah. you know uber being you know it's kind of been the dominant force for the last few years obviously you've got you guys have come on board Bolt has just recently come on, via Van last year, you know, uh, My Whip as well in January, February, or no one's and really owners sure. Owners coming soon. Owners well. coming soon. Um, yeah, it's a really exciting time to be involved in private hire because it's just all so new and so raw.
2: Yeah, I think what we see is just the beginning. Uh, you know, that's why I moved into this industry, because my background is actually from from e-commerce and um uh, and fintech industry, but, you know, what we saw in e-commerce 10, 20 years ago now is happening in mobility mm-hmm. space and uh, the next 10 years will will change a lot. You will see completely different uh, way of uh, moving from A to B. Mm. Uh, you will have new ways of uh, moving around, uh, more reliable but uh, and more seamless. You know, there are some things coming like um, obviously autonomous cars, but I don't think it will happen that that soon.
0: But yeah, it's, it's anything from like five years to thirty. Yeah. It's really hard to I tell. Mean, uh, I know. really don't. Especially in London, London's roads as well.
2: Obviously, yeah. Elon Musk is promising that next year they will have you know uh, <laughs> Teslas driving around by themselves. Big claims, mm-hmm. yeah. but I don't believe. I mean, one thing is technology; the other thing is regulations and yeah. uh, you know liability as well. You know, because it's still not solved. Okay, who's liable if there is an yeah. accident? So those things are quite complex. So I really think it's more of a ten years perspective, and. I really believe that there will be always space for drivers uh, because, OK, there will be some people who will prefer autonomous cars, but there will be people who will prefer premium service mm. uh, and having a driver. So I think maybe, you know, I think for the next five, 10 years, I think the the number of drivers will go up. They, there will be more and more work for them, but then it might, might start, it might peak around 10 years in the future, Mm -hmm. then it will start decreasing. But the best drivers, they will stay, they will will be actually earning better because they will be providing a premium service.
0: I was going to touch on one of the points you made about, you know, there will be still a role for for the driver and, you know, even very simple things like, you know, let's let's just say someone's been a night out and have, you know, vomited in the car. Let's use that as an example. Who's going to clean that up? You still kind of need someone in the car, right? There's all these Mm -hmm. kind of little... Bits and bobs that maybe a, a, you know autonomous vehicle can't handle by itself, and plus people just maybe generally want to have that human touch, that human element, yeah. not just have a kind of a robot speaking to them in a car on on a kind of iPad slash touchscreen, um, unless that changes and society kind of doesn't really mind that being the case in ten years time. I don't know. I still I still feel like there's definitely a role for the.
1: For the I still don't like talking to Siri. Yeah. So. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, people
2: always are like. It, it, it's the case from 19th century that people are scared of progress and they think that, you know, we have a jobless future yeah. and, uh, you know, capitalists will, you know, yeah. take away all the jobs and the robots will do everything for everyone. But in the end, what happens is the most tedious jobs are replaced mm-hmm. by technology and people actually have better and better Living conditions, they are mm-hmm. earning
0: more and more. We're, we're more busy than busier now than ever before. Yeah, working longer hours. I don't yeah, know what happened yeah, to where that. Where are the robots? Yeah, where <laughs> are the robots? <laughs> I, I expected by now we will be chilling somewhere, watching a bit of sport, you know, having a nice drink. Uh, but that's not been the case. Yeah, yeah. and we have like the <laughs> highest
2: employment rates in history.
0: Yeah, it is uh, crazy high right now. Yeah, maybe you know more so I guess in the cities like mm-hmm. London than yeah. and outside it. But yeah, it's um, it's not. The vision hasn't quite come to fruition. Yeah, not
1: yet. Anyway. I mean, do you think London is Kind of fostering or helping to foster that innovation.
2: I think London is the best place to be in Europe uh, mm-hmm. in this in this industry. Better I mean, than Paris. Yeah, I mean it's much bigger market and uh, and uh, also growing very fast and uh, a lot of great talent as well. So uh, it's really amazing place. I wouldn't choose choose any other city to live and work. Yeah, well, I seem, yeah I mean sometimes even just
1: living here, and obviously we see a different perspective, but living here as well, you see that there's kind of a lot of regulation there seems to be kind of a lot of laws coming into effect as well. Do you feel that that stunts the innovation or do you feel that it helps it grow or? uh
2: I wouldn't generalize. I think in you know many people complain about regulations mm-hmm. in uh London mobility space, but many of the many of those regulations they protect drivers and customers mm. and they ensure. it so we, actually we have really good safety in London like in comparison to other cities you customers really can feel safe mm. and this is largely largely because of the regulations so uh, uh I wouldn't criticize that like for example uh, mm, electric scooters are are banned in UK and and this is because of safety reasons you know obviously many people are are uh, excited about uh, electric scooters but people don't wear helmets and you know when you you know they are risking their la li- their lives, and as long as we cannot ensure that actually people are you know wearing scooter uh, wearing helmets while using scooters, I think uh, I wouldn't actually discuss I wouldn't com- complain about
0: it. So the, the grass isn't always green on the other side. Yeah,
2: I mean you have to see the bigger picture because mm-hmm. like, okay, there, there are some regulations which I think do not make that much sense, and there are some uh, for example like uh, in car sharing you need to get. Uh, a permit in every single borough which is a <laughs> it's a I uh, don't know that so yeah, it's not it's like it's not a TFL yeah, run no so we, so actually our sister company Drive now they ex- uh, uh, experience a lot of problems because every single borough is a separate uh, licensing process mm. which might take two it years Sounds long and then you have like you know islands of coverage and then you have some other places that you don't uh, cover and you know you can't leave a car you would like actually your customers to be able to leave a car anywhere in the city but actually they can't and uh, not to mention that's a very costly process to negotiate with you know every single you know (laughs) you know borough in the city so uh, so so there are cases where uh, regulations are uh, preventing the the innovation, but uh, I don't think it's the case in uh, the case of TFL and the uh, P- uh,
0: PHV industry. That's the point about, um, sorry, we're just going back one question about um, the industry and how it's going to change over the coming years. Do you expect be there to be more private hire operators like yourself entering or have we, kind of, have we reached a peak already or will, will they kind of one eat up the other? You know How, how do you see that kind of going? Because so, so far we've seen a explosion of of private hire companies in the last six months to a year who knows what it'll be in five years
2: right? yeah of course there are many many pl- players in entering but uh, our goal is to be to be number two at least in every city where we operate and we wouldn't enter london if we didn't think that that we can be number two or number one uh so uh and i really think that even in a big city like like london there's a space for two three players sure not much more than that, yeah. you know, most, most other players, they, you know, to really be, let's say, to have sustainable business and be profitable, you have to have you have you to cover the whole city and uh, both on the customer and driver side. And yeah, so I think probably there, there won't be more than three players which will dominate the market.
1: Well, so what are your thoughts? I'm just curious uh, about Ola, because they've been obviously, you had mentioned that you wanted to come to London because it's the biggest city and it's really attractive from that perspective, but then they've obviously been coming at it from a different angle where they've been going to kind of smaller cities around the it's UK. Like Cardiff, right? I think that's yeah, I mean. Cardiff, yeah. I think Liverpool, Manchester, yeah. they've been building up kind of a strong base in these smaller cities before they crack London. Yeah. So do you think that they could be one of those one, two or three um, big operators? You know, the later they, might-
2: they come, the more difficult it would be mm. for them. Uh, yeah, as you, as you mentioned, there are already several, several different players. Um, Captain and Uber are not the only ones, so uh, I think it would be very difficult for them you know it 's a different story when you enter mm-hmm. a city like liverpool or uh, or uh, it 's a completely different level of investment as well you know when you enter a city like london you 're talking about tens of millions of pounds that you need to spend just to just to launch so uh, and the later you come, the more expensive it is so if if uh, i, I I don't know why they didn't decide to let's say to try harder to get the license because, from my information, they actually started the process before us. Oh, well, wow. uh, I mean, the, the same with uh, other players mm. like with, with Bolt. I mean, they, they started more than two years ago. So
0: um, previously known as Taxify. Previously we. known as Taxify Hop. and then, then Hop. Was it Hop? Yeah, for some time. Yeah, was that when they um, joined for about three days and they took over someone's like a company's license and. In- yeah. East London, and they got banned.
1: Uh, yeah. They burned bright but fast. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was literally a couple of days. Yeah, it was they four ex- days. Yeah. I
0: think. Yeah, uh, that's that's a bit of a mess. Yeah, P- I mean, a, d- a PR disaster. Yeah. yeah, I
2: mean, so TFL had quite clear expectations, they, and they tried to ignore them. So mm. sometimes tech companies have this approach: move fast and break things. Mm. But uh, I don't, I don't think it works in this industry because we are talking about safety of uh, of riders. Of passengers, so uh, so we rather have an approach of moving fast but following the rules, following the regulations without breaking anything. That sounds uh, like the English way, <laughs> <to be fair. laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, I mean, but could you see yourself doing the reverse to what Ola have done? Like now, if you manage to crack London, could you see yourself entering other cities in the UK or is it more big cities in Europe that you see us? Yeah, going I mean,
2: to? we so we want to enter 15 more cities uh, uh until 2020.
0: So, uh, some of those cities probably will be in the UK. Okay,
1: mm-hmm. interesting.
0: Some I mean, it may possibly l- the London, Manchester, Birmingham's we didn't, this make, world. we didn't make a
2: decision Virginia. yet, but uh, but we are looking at the uh, biggest cities. Yeah, so, yeah. It, it makes sense, right? So, you're not looking
1: just to be kind of everywhere in the UK, like you're, you're no. targeting particular cities. Yes, absolutely. Okay, that's good to know.
0: And, and you know, if a driver wants to sign up, having listened to this podcast or found the information from somewhere else, is there is there a particular way they can do that?
2: Yeah, I mean they can just you know Google uh, Captain Driver, mm-hmm. uh, and they will find our our website, which is if I remember correctly, sign up dot captain dot com, and they can upload documents there, and they come to our. Onboarding sect, uh, center in Vauxhall. So when you complete the sign up, mm-hmm. then you can see the address and you can book the the meeting with us.
0: And it's a pretty seamless process. Is it like a couple of days wait or we yes. a couple of weeks? Or? So
2: so it used to be more than uh, two weeks at the peak because, yeah, as I said, we actually had thousands of drivers who wanted oh. to banging
0: uh, them on the doors trying to get in yeah, it was with their red th- ties. Yeah, with the red th- ties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was quite. No
2: tough. more red ties. No more. That <laughs> <laughs> was really tough, but uh, yeah, but now you know. A month has passed since you sure. launched, so now it's back back in control. So it's a couple of, couple of days of waiting time and then it's a 45-minute visit to, to our center.
0: Okay, awesome. So not too bad at all. Too, yeah. yeah. Sounds good. Is there any, any more questions?
1: Yet, I mean, I think that we covered quite yeah. a bit. Um, just maybe like a last thing is just to kind of find out if there are any other sort of um, perks or benefits because obviously you're paying congestion charges until um, 2019. I saw that you had a really nice thing, like you were giving out a goodie bag to all drivers, yes. which had like a nice kind of, what was it? A, a... So
2: like a uh, mobile phone holder, uh, yes. visor, so different, different yeah. things. These but, little touches make yeah. a difference. I <laughs> mean, Everything which is, let's say, within TFL regulations, mm-hmm. because like we you cannot actually have anything outside of the car. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, anything else that helps the driver. So yeah. we want to, uh, on, one, on, the, uh, on one hand, have some captain branding, but on the other hand, something actually useful to the driver.
1: Right. And, and then are there other kind of bonuses that, that, that drivers might be able to expect so, that don't so currently know about them?
2: So we have bonuses 24-7. So every slot uh, during the week has some bonuses. And uh, yeah. if you reach certain number of rides, then you can get up to 15 Fifteen pounds per ride.
1: Okay, yeah, and I, I already talked to a few drivers who said that they they've um, been earning quite a bit through yeah. those bonuses. Yeah. So I think that that's definitely happy something days. to look at. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think it's a good time. To uh, I think if you more. switch
2: to if your driver switches to Captain, then they will see a big increase in their in their earnings. Obviously, they you can ride for two different apps mm-hmm. uh, for for some time. If you're not, so you, I mean, driver is not risking anything. You know, yeah. they they can they can try if they think okay. Uh, I will not get enough rides with Captain. I mean, just try and see. And uh, with with our high
0: bonuses, there's no way you will lose. So thank you, thank you so much, Maric, for coming along. Um, it was a pleasure having you on board today. Yeah, it was Been really really keen to get on, you know, Captain on board. So this is really great for the pod. Uh, a big thank you also to you, the listener, for for joining in. If you did like this podcast, please subscribe uh, and rate us if you can on, on Apple Podcasts. Uh, share the pod as well with fellow drivers who never they listen to it and get involved. So until next time, drive safe.